Grace you and peace in the name of our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Have you ever uh, fasted in a religious sense of that term? I don't mean skipping a few meals to, you know, lose a couple pounds or... Uh, but have you ever, you know, deliberately refrained from eating in order to commit yourself to prayer or to meditation or uh, perhaps somehow to focus your time on your life with God? I'm going to guess that for most of us here, the answer to that might probably be no. If we were Old Testament Jews or modern-day Muslims, or maybe even if we came from an Orthodox or a Catholic background, the answer to that might be yes. But as Lutherans, fasting has not typically been part of our faith ritual. That's not to say that it shouldn't be, though. It's a good practice. It's a biblical practice. Jesus fasted. Paul fasted. John the Baptist fasted. Jesus noted that his disciples would fast after he returned to his father. And he even showed them how to fast. We have word that the early Christian church, many of the early Christians fasted. And there are numerous instances throughout the Old Testament of God's people or those wanting to gain the favor of God who fasted. It's a tried and true godly discipline for humbling oneself before God and for deepening one's spiritual connection to God. And so for all intents and purposes, fasting is a good thing. And yet, like anything that is good, it can be misused. Such is the concern in our Old Testament reading this morning from the book of the prophet Isaiah. In this text, Isaiah's words are projected words to the future of the people of Judah, who would some hundred years later be taken into captivity in Babylon. And at that time, the people are going to be angry with God because they're going to feel as if they have been ignored by God, or maybe even worse, abandoned by Him. Speaking to God, they say, Why have we fasted and you've not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you've not noticed? These exiled Jews had the mistaken idea that the mere rote practice of these outward acts, this outward fasting, 
met the demands of God's word and of God's will. It's no different than a, a parent who tells an angry child or forces an angry child to make an apology when and where there is no contrition present. You know, the child is simply saying, I'm sorry. There's not an apology make when there is no true sorrow in the heart. And refraining from eating in order to honor the Lord does not honor the Lord if the rest of one's life and actions dishonor him or dishonor someone else. Again, in our text today from Isaiah, the Lord says this to his wayward people. Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please, and you exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife, and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast that I've chosen? Only a day for a man to humble himself? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying on sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? Now that may be what they considered an acceptable fast. But that is not what God considered an acceptable fast. The Lord goes on to say in this text, Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. You see, mere outward fasting does not please God if one's life does not also please God. Jesus quoted Isaiah in Matthew 15 when he said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And in Micah chapter 6, we're told what it is that God requires of us. And it's not some mere ritual fasting. Rather, this is what the Lord requires of us. He says, to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with our God. So, if we as Lutherans are not really into fasting, 
what might those things in our lives be which we think automatically please God because we perform these outward actions? What about maybe our daily devotions? How about our Sunday morning worship? How about our offerings? How about our acts of service we do for others? If any of those things are done by us simply as a duty, as mere acts of obedience, while we still have envy in our eyes and pride in our hearts, then they're not acceptable to God. If you want God to be honored by your acts of obedience, then those acts of obedience must flow from and be reflective of our love for God and love for others. It's not good enough for us simply you know, to give God our offerings. We must also give to help the poor and the oppressed too. It's not good enough to simply honor God and to serve Him on Sundays. We must also honor and serve our fellow man and woman every single day of the week. It's not good enough to meditate on God's Word simply for our own benefit. We must share God's Word for the benefit of others. Are you starting to get a little bit of a picture here? No matter how good and faithful and obedient we think we are in honoring God, it's never good enough to be acceptable to God if we are not also always honoring and loving and serving others. The obedience and the faithfulness that God calls us to is not simply something that is directed upwards toward Him. But it must always also be directed outward toward others. And thus it's very easy for us to see that we always fall short of what God has called us to be and what God has called and commanded us to do. Our best is never enough to secure God's favor. No matter how faithful we think our fasting is, our worship is, our service is, it's never enough. That's why we need Jesus. For you see, His fasting and His obedience and his life, and his sacrifice on the cross, and his resurrection from the grave, they were all enough. Enough to please God, and to satisfy God's justice. And thus, our need for faith in Christ Jesus. For through faith, God covers us with Christ's robe of righteousness. And he forgives us 
of our failures and our flaws. As we read in our gospel reading, He makes us to be salt and light. Not by the merit of our own actions, but by using us to be the conduits of His light. And thus the light that we shine does not flow from the goodness and the righteousness of our fasting or our worship or our sacrifice and such. But always and only as a reflection of the goodness and righteousness of Christ Himself. And as such, our fasting, our works, our obedience, our offerings and so on, can only be true and acceptable to God. And our good works full of salt and light when we live and we walk through faith in Christ Jesus. For it's Christ's righteousness and His righteousness alone which makes us acceptable to God. And it's faith in Christ and faith in Him alone that then covers us with that righteousness of Christ. May we ever live and walk in such faith. In the name of Jesus Christ, our living Lord and Savior. Amen.